Keep She Shatters and She Burns fans, this is Hannah Austin, your host for the She Burns podcast. I'm excited to announce that my first book, Hello Head, Meet Heart, is now out on Amazon. For more tips, tricks, and ways that you can burn bright and not burn out, visit me on Amazon at Hello Head, Meet Heart. Happy reading! Welcome to the She Burns Podcast, the go-to podcast for women who were born to burn bright without burning out. When you're at the top of your game, the difference between handling the heat and boiling over comes down to the right self-care advice at the right time. And if you're ready to take your seat around the campfire, these interviews with inspiring women will help you keep your flame alive. Hello everyone, I'm Hannah Austin and this is season three of the She Burns podcast. This season's theme is Women Game Changers. In this episode, I'm talking with Dana Lavoy. Dana is the founder of the Menopause Made Easy with Herbs. She has an online program that specializes in herbal coaching and she is a licensed acupuncturist and herbalist that holds a master's degree in oriental medicine for over 20 years. Her true goal in life is to help women get rid of menopause symptoms and signs of aging naturally so that they can feel like themselves again. She is an avid guitar player, gardener, animal lover, and shameless fantasy movie fan. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dana, for being with me today. Um, I want to hear a little bit about you, where you live, uh, your credentials, and why you chose to become a natural menopause expert and coach. So, and I grew up in New York City of all places, but I've been a licensed herbalist and acupuncturist in Oregon for 20 years. And I got into it because when I was young in my 20s, I got this terrible respiratory infection. It left me with a lingering cough for over a year. No doctor could get rid of it. I finally went to see an alternative medicine person and it was gone in three weeks. And little 20-year-old me got so excited about natural remedies. I went to school, I got a master's, I learned everything. You know, I wanted to know how does this work? And I was just discovering how else I could use these natural remedies when the first menopausal client I ever had walked into my office, right? And she had brain fog that was so bad. Like she just didn't, she didn't feel safe driving her kids to school. Her doctor had said, you know, here are some antidepressants, but you just need to wait it out. Right. So she was desperate and I gave her natural remedies. And in a few weeks she was better, like she was all the way better. And that was the moment when I decided, wow, women aren't getting this help anywhere else. This works so well. I'm going to dedicate my career to women's health and menopause. Wow, what an amazing job and feeling like you can actually do something. I mean, of course, there's mm-hmm. room for Western and Eastern medicine. I'm a big proponent on both. I mean, if you need a surgery, you need a surgery, right? I think it really comes down to the right treatment at the right time mm-hmm. and the right way. Tell me a mm-hmm. little bit about, it's been such a shitty couple of years. I mean, there's no doubt about it. What trends have you been seeing with, do you see primarily women or women and men? I work mostly with women. Okay, yeah. So what trends are you seeing with women during COVID around burnout, exhaustion, fatigue, like what kind of themes are you seeing? And yeah. what are kind of the biggest like chief complaints right now? So Anna, one of the biggest things that I love to teach is that so many of us, when we get on some kind of plan for feeling better, we're like, this is working. That's it. I found the solution. 
you know, we just think we're going to stay on that forever. <laughs> but that's not the case. And we need to update what we're doing to stay well. When I talk about the three most important times to update, one of them is when your environment changes. So COVID's created this big change in environment. And two of the ways that I see it affecting our energy reserves and our potential for burnout the most are increased stress, right? Stress is like a big hole in the bottom of your gas tank where all your energy reserves are leaking out. Uh, and so if women haven't updated and been really proactive about counteracting that increased stress, that's been a huge source of burnout. And the second is via the immune system. So whether it's your body reacting to the vaccines appropriately or getting COVID, you know, if your immune system is really supported and regulated, you get over it quickly, your energy comes back, you don't have a lot of secondary issues or lingering symptoms, because when those do happen, that is quite a big drain on the energy reserves and can lead to burnout as well. Absolutely. So I'm always curious, though, there's so many bugs flying around now, it's monkeypox, yeah. always some yeah. or something we're going to get. How yes. do we know if it's an immune response versus a reaction to uh, a vaccine or a common cold? Like, what are we looking for as women to say, uh, something's wrong, I need to get deeper support or more support? Well, your immune system protects you. And the idea is to keep your immune energy really, really replenished, mm -hmm. but not working when it shouldn't be, right? So much happens when we have an immune system that is turning on and doing stuff when it should be resting, oh. whether it's any kind of autoimmune situation, whether it's any kind of chronic inflammation in our body, whether it's any kind of allergy, chronic low-grade infections, you know, all of these are drains on the immune system so that every time something happens, we tend to have a, a reaction to it that is you know, more than it needs to be, longer than it needs to be. So when you get sick, your immune response should be like intense and mm -hmm. over quickly, and you should be fully recovered. Mm -hmm. And then you should be in this like resting state in between where you're not always half sick or not feeling quite right since the last one or always feel like you're fighting something. I've heard of uh, people, especially women recently say to me, I just got over COVID, but now I have a sinus infection. And then now right. I have you know, I'm having, you know, issues with uh, my periods. It just seems like it, right. thing and it kind of throws everything out of whack. What yes. happens in our body from, you know, an intrinsic level when we are burned out? What are the effects that we're looking for, we're feeling, we're seeing, or maybe something like, is that something? Is it not? Like, what, what are we looking for? I tell people, this is what being burned out feels like. You've got your day planned. You're going through it and then something unexpected and extra comes at you. It could be anything. You know, your kid gets in a fight at school, an unexpected challenge at work, a broken garbage disposal. It doesn't matter. And your reaction is either panic or I want to get in bed, pull the covers over my head and not have to deal with this today. Mm -hmm. That's what burnout feels like. If your energy reserves are replenished, mm -hmm. then when something comes at you, you're like, Okay, I can think of three creative ways to solve this problem. I can see clearly that that's the best one. And let's get started on the solution by doing this first and the second, and then you take action, right? So that's when your energy reserves are replenished. And, and you can do that 20 times a day. You know, you have this sort of endless stamina. I love the description that you said around there's days and months, especially with those of us in COVID, that 
we're, oh, we've got this. We've got it. We have a vaccine now. Everything's good. Right. Um, I'm over COVID. I've had it or I haven't. And then it's like something does break down or it's always right. like there was the garbage disposal that I'm, my husband forgot to pick up the kid at school. Then I have this. We have a date. Babysitter canceled. Yes. It's always like the last straw. Client comes to you who's suffering and they're just like, I have nothing left to give. I am at my breaking point. I'm literally going to go check myself into a mental health facility. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing you'd address? So I'm walking into your office, Dana, and I'm like, Dana, I'm yours. Help me. My goal is to build up the energy reserves. I see your energy sort of like a candle, right? The wax, that's your reserves. The flame, that's the energy you use for everyday activities, mm-hmm. right? Breathing, digestion, exercise. The light, that is the your spirit, your wisdom, your patience, your compassion, right? That you're shining out into the world. So people come and say, I've got no light. You know, I've got no Mark. energy for everyday activities. But the problem is that the candle wax is all melted down in a puddle, right? You're not going to get a good light or a good flame without replenishing those reserves. So that's my goal. But there's two things to evaluate. Number one is where is the energy leaking out and how big are the leaks? Mm. Okay. And because for some women, the energy leaks are so large and ongoing. We focus on fixing those first because I see women who are doing so much to feel better, but it's like they're trying to fill this bucket that has a big hole in the bottom and you can waste so much time and energy and money. So we evaluate you know, how much do we need to work on fixing leaks versus focusing on replenishing actively and quickly and efficiently replenishing those reserves? Um, and it's a balancing act between those two. Over time, it's less leaks and more replenishing. For some women, we start with the replenishing because they don't have the leaks. So, yeah. So what process do you go to to repair that energy cycle? So we know that there's a first and then a second step. But what actually happens in your office or with the Zoom? If I were to hire you, what what are you actually doing with me? I say, I have leaks everywhere. I need a new bucket. What what do you do? Right, right. Okay. So for the energy leaks, we look at what it is because it Mm -hmm. can be a number of different things. And then we just go about sealing it up. So a common one, for instance, is stress, right? We talked about that. And yes, Deep breathing and meditation are great, but we also address this with natural remedies. Mm-hmm. And we use, for stress, we use ones that are relaxing, that change the energetic sort of tightness, you know, that you get with stress combined with other ones that actually, re, they're adaptogenic and they actually help your body re-regulate. You know, your stress response get, gets on this hair trigger mm-hmm. where it's just spiking stress, spiking stress. So we actually help your body calm that down big picture. We work on that while we start to replenish the reserves and then or we'll look for other huge energy leaks if it's like a major immune issue or something like that. What do you say to people that say, I have a doctor, I have a therapist, why would I need you? Well, you know, there are some really common statistics out there about the percentage of OBGYNs who say they are not trained in menopause. It's either 75 or 80 percent. And the number of primary care physicians who are not comfortable talking to women about menopause symptoms is also above 70 percent. Wow, that's pretty high. Um, And the number, yeah, and the number of women who go to their doctor with hormonal symptoms and even the doctor, they don't realize it's hormonal. They just think I have heart palpitations or Mm -hmm. I have insomnia or I have migraines, right? 
And they, they go to the doctor and the doctor doesn't recognize it as hormonal. Um, Oprah tells a story about having heart palpitations for over a year, wearing a Holter monitor, getting all this testing done, going to multiple doctors. None of them recognized that it was simply a menopausal symptom. Wow. That's kind of scary, but not yeah. surprising, I think, with the medical system in general and, you know, working in the healthcare industry for the last 20 years, seeing all these chief complaints yeah. and the doctor only having 20 minutes to take care of a laundry list of issues. I'm curious, I've heard mixed reviews and mixed research on when can you get menopause? So I'm like 43 (laughs) now. I'm like counting down the days, waiting for my hot flash to happen. Like soon can you get it? And something happens to you, you catch menopause, but how soon can it appear in your life? And then what what do you start to do? Like where, where do you go from here? So I think of menopause as this transition that starts when your hormone levels first start to drop. So mm-hmm. when you're you're most fertile, like it's the easiest to get pregnant when you're 23, right? Your hormones are at their highest. And then at some point after menopause, your horm- you know, it's been like a year and a half, two years since your last period, right? Your hormones stop changing and they settle out at these postmenopausal levels. The whole time that they're changing, I see that as the menopausal transition. Mm-hmm. And the trick is to not let any of the hormones fall too low Mm -hmm. or get really out of balance with each other while they're changing. Mm -hmm. And so some women, it starts at 25, 28, almost everyone. If you go to the doctor at 35, they'll say it's a little harder to get pregnant than 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. you know, 38, right? That's because your hormones are already dropping. You won't Often you won't have any symptoms until you're a little bit farther along and you could have like any changes in your cycle, right? It gets shorter, it gets longer, the bleeding is different, PMS is different, you know, you're more sensitive to stress, you get a little hot at night, you know, so anything like that. And what I like to do is start early, to start early. It's sort of like, you know, fill up the gas tank before you go on this long drive. You don't, you don't want them to start really dropping (laughs) already when you're already burned out. You don't want to get stuck in a ditch either. Yeah. You don't want to fall off the side of the cliff. Exactly. So I'm like, give your body what it needs Mm -hmm. to get those healthy habits in place to kind of seal the leaks and proactively, right? Like proactively Mm -hmm. replenish reserves, replenish reserves so that no matter what happens, whether it's COVID or menopause or whatever, nothing bottoms out <laughs> as the changes start to take place. So that's sort of preventative. Get on some basic support, top off progesterone. That's usually the first one to start to drop. And then when you reach a point where either you get some hot flashes or you stop getting your period, mm-hmm. right? If your hormones are really balanced and they're not too low, you might not have a lot of symptoms, but eventually your period will stop. You know, you're kind of reaching that point or you want to transition your remedies, not just into harmonizing the cycle and supporting um, progesterone, but really looking at progesterone, estrogen, and testosterone. You want all those hormones to remain as high as possible after menopause, because that will greatly, you know, change your experience of aging. Yeah. I love that analogy of the gas tank and preventative and looking early before let's talk about, I I didn't ask you this before, but let's talk Mm -hmm. about IUDs 
So I'm thinking in women in their 20s, you know, when you're in high school and you're going to college or whenever you become sexually active, you've yeah. got a couple of choices for birth control. A yeah. lot of women now these days are choosing a IUDs, right? And it's yeah. a three or five year, whatever it is, a three yeah. or five year plan. And then you get it out, right? For some reason right. or another. What happens to your body when that is out or removed and you choose not to put something like that back in? Are you right. working with women around kind of course correcting like, oh, my gosh, I yeah. haven't had a period in five years. Yeah. Now, what should I be looking for? And the education yeah. around that, I'm just curious. A lot of our listeners are like, my husband's gotten a or my partner has gotten a um, vasectomy. I don't need my right. IUD in anymore. Now what? But then they're experiencing right. exhaustion, fatigue, and let's call it what right. it is, weight gain, right? Nobody right. like Let's talk about that. Yeah. And it's, it, it's similar to going off birth control pills as well. Right. So ideally if you're in a place, your hormones are still high enough that for you at that age, you would be having your period in an ideal situation, you'll take it out. And within a month, your period, you'll get a period. And after just a little bit of, er, 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 it'll get regular. It'll happen once a month. It'll just be like a little, you know, just feel really robust and normal and smoothly transitioning from one phase to the next. But the hormone levels need to do these changes for each phase of the cycle to happen. And they're lazy. They haven't been doing it. You're a little bit older. So the, the, the cycle tends to become a little sort of sticky as we get into perimenopause anyway. The body has more trouble going from one phase to the next phase easily. And that's where you get that like PMS and more migraines and spotting and mood changes. And so with something like that, what I will do if a woman's body is really having trouble getting back into the cycle, there's one type of formula that just harmonizes the cycle as a whole. Sometimes that's enough. Like, is anything depleted and just get in the whole thing moving? But then you can actually go in with remedies and say, okay, we're going to tell your body this is how you do it. Remember mm. this? Here's what you do for a week. And then here's what you do for a week. And then here's what you do for a week. And then here's what you do for a week. And the other thing that helps the cycle is completely shedding the uterine lining. Mm. We haven't done that in a while. And that clears the way for things to happen better the next month. So if you're not having too much bleeding or you're not depleted, you want to make sure that you really encourage the body with detox and estrogen detox and shedding the uterine lining and then rebuilding, right? Rebuilding wow. the blood and then moving. It's like that spark, you know, moving and then letting it go. Mm -hmm. So we just kind of remind it how it goes to try. And if you're if your reserves are really replenished and your energy is moving well, yes. that's when your body is going to bounce back into a normal cycle. Yes. It's like if you, if you, you're prevent, it's just like COVID, you know, or menopause, you want to be replenished and ready for anything. Absolutely. I yeah. have a lot of women that come to me and just talk in general around, you know, when you're burned out and you're depleted, yeah. you don't have anything left for yourself, right. let alone your partner. And so right. around intimacy, sex, yes. and just connection, talk yes. to us a little bit about, you know, vaginal dryness or, yeah. you know, not feeling great, right? Emotionally, physically, and sexually. Yeah. What can working with you kind of re-energize and get that spark back, not only with yourself, but also with your intimate partner? Talk to me about that. Yeah. In uh, Chinese medicine, where is my work is where my work is based, 
your hormones are like your energy reserves and you actually have a watery yin energy reserve and a fiery yang energy reserves that together make up your energy reserves. And the yin ones are like your estrogen and your progesterone and your secretions and fluids, right? And then your fiery ones are more like your testosterone and that's more your libido. Yes. Right. And your ability to have a complete orgasm too, Mm -hmm. right? You need, you need both, but the dryness comes in more when that watery essence is depleted, because that's Mm -hmm. like this reservoir of moisturizing fluids that the body uses for everything. And it's what plumps and moistens the vaginal tissues from the inside out and keeps them resilient and thicker, right? And so just replenishing those watery energy reserves, like I've worked with a lot of women who have even gone past that to the point of vaginal atrophy and recurrent UTIs. I thought you were going to say bloody. No, no, this is like after that, you know, and but the see the flooding depletes the water, right? Blood is a kind of yin, right? Yeah. So you get to this point where you have that vaginal dryness and it can really progress quite far. And even then you can see it come back. Topical moisturizers just are yeah. good. Even topical hormones we use, you know, like suppositories, DHEA, whatever. But if you plump the tissues from the inside out, I call mm-hmm. it by replenishing those watery reserves, which is yeah. like estrogen and progesterone, but it's a little bit more than that. It really can help. And then the fiery reserves is more the libido. And also it's just, you're not going to feel real excited if you're running on empty. You mm-hmm. need to have that little bit of extra, I think. Yeah. So I think for yourself individually, right. And then also to be a better partner and to be a more yes. um, holistic partner. I have a lot of women who are moms, right. And moms yeah. after pregnancy and kind of getting yeah. you know, their body becomes not their own, frankly, it's attached yeah. to the child and trying to keep that child nourished and alive. What yes. advice do you have for moms that are just like postpartum, post having a baby? What's the best thing that you can do to replenish yourself so you can replenish your family? So in Chinese medicine, there's this tradition where when you have a baby, you lie in bed for 30 days afterwards and your family and everyone comes and does all the cooking, all the cleaning, takes care of your other children, just hands you the baby to nurse and feeds you nourishing soups and herbs to proactively replenish what you just gave away. So you, you give away something very deep when you have a baby. And so often we are so busy right afterwards. And so I see it sometimes not always with the first child, but we never fully replenish after the first one. And then it could be the second one or the third one, or just like all of a sudden after one of them, we we hit a bottom point and we have postpartum depression, or we are exhausted, or we don't have any more patience or whatever. And so my advice would be know that every time you give birth, even if you're young and you feel great, to put some time proactively 
replenishing your body, you know, Mm -hmm. check your iron, make sure you're not at all, you know, depleted, deficient in Chinese medicine. There's like formulas just for that, you know, so take them for 90 days, you know, for 90 days, specifically rest as much as you can when you're tired, let people help you. But so often that's impossible. And that's why I love the herbal remedies because it can kind of make up for the extra drains that we have Mm -hmm. by pouring stuff into the bucket that wouldn't get there nearly that fast otherwise. That's Um, great advice. I think for, you know, we have a lot of moms listening to the podcast and just in general, um, part of the She Shatter community. And I think that's the biggest piece is after they return from, um, you know, maternity leave or then maternity leave and they're coming back to work. It's like they have nothing left. They have nothing in that gas tank. And they're like, so I'm expected to work a full time job and then go home and do XYZ. So I think that's really kind of tactical, tactical advice. Thank you. Um, And you can even during the pregnancy, right, you can support yourself with herbal remedies during the pregnancy and like have them right on the shelf. So you're just like, it's this continuous thing Mm -hmm. proactively. Yeah, yeah, because if you're replenished by the time you go back to work, you, you know, you'll be psyched for some new challenges. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay, here's the real question that everyone wants to know. Yeah. You've heard herbs, they're great. You hear Chinese medicine. I mm-hmm. myself have taken the drinks, taken the supplements, taken all these different things. Uh-huh. They don't taste and feel great sometimes, right? It uh-huh. is kind of that getting used to it process. Talk yeah. to me a little bit about options. You mentioned that there's suppositories and creams. Um, right. A smoothie we'll talk about in a second. Talked a lot about options, but if it's someone that isn't great with pills or isn't right. great with kind of regimens and 90 days seems like a long time, what yeah. thoughts or advice do you have around that? Yeah. So this is such a great question because, you know, you get into this and you're like, oh, I need to know the strategy and the right right herbs to pick for someone and the diagnosis. But sometimes the thing that keeps a woman from getting results is that she just doesn't like taking her herbs. So she doesn't Um, take them regularly enough, you know? Like it could be she's not used to doing something every day or she doesn't like the taste or it's, it's like that is so important. Um, so when I work with women, I always try to have an option that is a liquid tincture, a powder and either a tablet or a capsule. Because some women are just like, give me some pills to swallow. I don't mind. It's no problem. That's easy. But for instance, I don't like to swallow pills. So the tinctures and the powders can be put into any kind of tea. If you're a tea drinker, Uh, they can be put into juice. You want to avoid citrus juices because they can interfere with absorption. Grape juice works really well at hiding the flavor. And what I recommend is a shot glass. Don't make it anything big. You know, put it in a shot glass, mix it all in there and just look. Also, you can put it in something like applesauce or chocolate pudding. And also, I love to make smoothies, though you'll taste it a little bit. Or like I'll make an, I call it an herbal latte. It just depends if you like the tastier herbs or not. But I'll put in like, I'll make it like a hot chocolate kind of, you know, and put some nice healthy fats in there. Like oat milk, it's creamy. I can put some gelatin powder in there. It's so rich and creamy and delicious. And I love it. But um, there's plenty of ways to hide the taste, too, if you don't like it. And none of them are better or worse. They all work. But it's what fits into your schedule. What are you going to do regularly? And what either you enjoy or you don't dislike. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of a latte or a smoothie. So for me, yeah. in the morning, I have a coffee. Wouldn't yep. it be great if I could add something to my routine to make yeah. it less stressful versus actually create a whole new routine? And exactly. for our listeners, I, can you talk a little bit about, on your website, it talks a little bit about a hormonal smoothie. Now that sounds yeah. 
interesting. <laughs> Tell yeah. me what's actually in it and what we can expect after we drink this hormonal Sure. So, so I, what I like to do with smoothies is use it as a place to talk about what are the basic building blocks you want in your diet that your hormones need the most when you start to get into menopause, right? To help your body keep making hormones. So none of them drop too low and to keep your body processing and detoxing hormones well also. Um, And so the thing about a smoothie, it can be an easy way to get all those building blocks every day. Mm -hmm. It's like one and done, you know? Um, And so what I like to do is take any smoothie and I'm like, okay, does it have one, two, three, four, right? And if not, you can add something. So basically you want some vegetables in there because vegetables and also fruits are cooling anti-inflammatory, alkalinizing, and they have the fiber that keeps your colon and your bowel movements really healthy. So that keeps estrogen detox going and it helps your liver. So like if you don't have a big enough percentage of those cooling plant foods in your diet, it's really hard to avoid hot flashes, right? So it's an easy way to get a bunch of extra servings. And I have so many options, you know, you can do lettuce, you can do spinach, you can do like kale, but you can also do like cooked you know, vegetables, you can do zucchini or cauliflower, things you won't even taste if you need to, that you won't even know are there. doesn't have to be green. (laughs) So the vegetables and the fruits are great, but we become more sensitive to sugar. So you want to be careful of too, too much like bananas, Mm -hmm. you know, so some fruits and berries and all that, but vegetables, the vegetables are the one we usually maybe don't get enough servings of. Awesome. Then healthy fats. Okay. We hormones are made of fats. So if we're not getting enough healthy fats, it's really hard for our body to make enough fats. Plus they help with sweet cravings. You know, low fat diet is not necessarily the way you want to go. So you can find a healthy fat that works for you, whether it's avocado or coconut oil or nut butter, but put some healthy fats in there. Uh, And so you've got your vegetables, you've got your healthy fats. And then I like to include some superfoods because there are foods that are so concentrated in hormone specific building blocks that, you know, in two tablespoons of flax seeds, you get more lignans than in like, you know, 25 cups of lentils or something you would never, 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 ever eat. So if you look at really hormonal specific superfoods, it's also a really easy way to throw those in. Okay, great. What about hemp hemp powder? I see that everywhere. Is that a good... Yeah. So in Chinese medicine, any kind of seeds Mm. are good for your energy reserves, but there's, uh, and hemp is also a really good source of protein, which we tend to, that's the other thing is protein. We tend to need actually kind of more protein. Mm -hmm. So whether you're getting it from hemp seeds or just some good protein powder, sometimes we don't get enough protein or we don't get it like early enough in the day or something. Mm -hmm. So smoothies are also a great way to make sure you're getting your protein. So hemp is a great source of protein. It's a seed. So it's great for your energy reserves and your hormones uh, and it's a healthy fat so there's a lot of benefits but the specific superfood in some seeds that's so hormone specific is the lignans which Mm -hmm. there's the most in flax seeds and the second most in sesame seeds talk to me a little bit about acupuncture i know we talked a little Mm -hmm. bit about diet right and i think you're an acupuncturist as well yeah what what advice would you give with 
for women specifically around burnout for acupuncture? Is that something that's recommended? And if so, you know, what area of the body are you targeting, right? Because, you know, you've got all of your different chi in your body. So what would you actually be targeting if someone were to have you uh, for a session for acupuncture? What would that look like? Yeah. So one of the things I like to work on, it's like this two-part system. You've got to give your body the raw materials, the energy reserves, the hormones to work with. But then your body needs to micromanage your hormone levels, right? Oh, we got a little too much of this one. We got a little too much of that one. This is just like constant micromanaging. And so that is your body's, it, it does the same thing with your immune system, right? We talked about it, turning on at the right time, turning off at the right time. So there are things you can do with acupuncture that help your body to regulate hormones better. Acupuncture is wonderful for relieving stress and re-regulating the stress response. Acupuncture uh, is wonderful for, I mean, there's a lot of acupuncture points for replenishing hormones and energy reserves, but I will say, I think it's better for helping the body manage hormone levels, for symptom relief, like, you know, maybe from hot flashes or insomnia and for stress management. And if you're really trying to just bring up the reserves and the hormones, Mm -hmm. herbs work better for that. That's great. That's helpful. Yeah. Yeah, I was just curious between the juxtaposition between the two. And I Mm -hmm. think a lot of our our women through She Shatters are, they're trying to combat burnout from a mental Mm -hmm. standpoint, but then their Mm -hmm. bodies are still so, so depleted. And that's why I love this episode with you to talk a little bit about what can we actually do? We've all heard meditation, mindfulness, eat healthy, but what are actual tips and tricks that we can incorporate into our lives, which I love, you know, the herb piece that we're talking about today, the smoothies. Um, But I think sometimes it goes beyond, you know, those energy levels. And my experience with acupuncture has been fabulous, but I'm just curious for those people that are like, I've heard of acupuncture, does it really work? There's a lot of naysayers around Chinese medicine, but my experience and your experience obviously has been that it has been helpful and has worked. And I think you need Western medicine too. I think you need all the combinations because for our listeners on the line, I mean, you cannot, Dana cannot basically give you herbs without knowing what deficiencies are out there. You got to check labs to her point earlier. You got to figure out how to replenish those. And so I think you're using both Western and Eastern medicine, which I think is so helpful. Um, As far as, you know, our audience and finding you, what's the best way for them to connect with you or reach out to you if they have any questions or Mm -hmm. resources? What's the best way that our team can find you? Yeah, absolutely. So my website, danalavoislac.com is a great place to get in touch. There is a free menopause resources page there right in the menu. And you can get my my smoothie guide there. And there's some other stuff on there too, like making smoothies weight loss friendly from a Chinese medicine perspective, which is not something people have heard before. So, and then when you get the smoothie guide, you know, I'll send you some, you just get in touch with me. If I know what you're looking for help with, I can send you some blog posts, some customized information, and an invitation to an upcoming, you know, free workshop that I teach online periodically. So that's probably the best way to get started. Thank you so much. I really wanted to have you on season three of Women Game Changers, because I believe that we cannot just treat burnout with self-care, right? We need to do the work from the inside out, and that includes hormones. It includes attacking menopause and figuring out proactively what we can do to burn bright and not burn out. So thank you so much, my friend, for being on the show today. Um, And we look forward to our audience connecting with you and all these fabulous resources. Yes, I love to answer questions. Thank you so much for having me. Have a good day. (laughs) What a great episode today with Dana. 
This was such an important and personal topic around the issue of burnout and women and our bodies. Um, I love that we touched on such an important issue um, that comes up a lot for a lot of my clients and for women in general, which was you know vaginal dryness and how to combat that and talk to your partner about that and just develop a plan, a personalized plan and approach to get you on the right track and feeling healthier and comfortable with your body and that you have a plan moving forward. I love what Dana said about, you know, simple herbs that you could add to your daily diet, as well as offering that tip on the hormonal smoothie. I'll be um, checking that out on her website and please join me there um, for that shared recipe at www.danalavoylac.com. As women, we are all searching for what lights us up and keeps us healthy. And together we can learn how to burn bright and not burn out. For more information on She Shatters or our new book, Hello Head, Meet Heart coming out, please visit our website at www.sheshatters.com. Thank you for joining us on the She Burns podcast. We are so grateful for your time, energy, and support. For more tips, resources, and tools on how to burn bright, please visit us at sheshatters.com or on Instagram at sheshattersllc.